0: Welcome to the Pattern Podcast from KXE in London. As a church, we want to learn ways of being with Jesus, becoming like him and doing the things he did in order to see this city we love transformed. This podcast is a resource to help us explore these spirit-filled patterns of living and start putting them into practice every day. This episode comes to you live from Lambeth Palace, where we met with Kira Pugh, the director of the Archbishop of Canterbury's Reconciling Leaders Network, and Phil Guthrie, who is a mediator, member of KXE and a trustee of Wandsworth Mediation Service, who's looking to build a reconciliation ministry here in North London. We spoke all about the extraordinary power of reconciliation and even mentioned the P word. Kira, Phil, thank you so much. Um, It's a sunny day, you're on the banks of the River Thames. Uh, You've graciously invited us to Lambeth Palace, which is really fun because we're talking about reconciliation. It'd be great to um, hear a little about the angle from which you're approaching this topic of reconciliation today.
1: Thanks, Pete. So um, I am working for Archbishop Justin Welby, Mm -hmm. and he has got three priorities, one of which is this priority around reconciliation. And the big vision for that is that the church would be a reconciling presence in the midst of conflict, in the midst of its community. And um, so I'm part of helping, I guess, realise some of that vision and really coming with this great big belief um, that we can be a generation who pursue peacemaking and reconciliation for a just and flourishing world. And so the dynamic of our relationships and what that means and what that looks like my relationship with God, my relationship with myself, my relationship with others, my relationship with creation and the environment, and how all these things can kind of paint a picture of what reconciliation might mean, this kind of wholeness of coming together across all those different aspects of life.
0: That's awesome. It's such an amazing priority that he's he's got. Thank you for having us here today. Phil, how about you? What's your angle on this?
2: So I probably come from quite a practical angle uh, through my work as a mediator, <clears throat> um, and having seen the real destructive impact of conflict and broken relationships on, on people's lives, um, preventing them from, from sleeping, all sorts of things like that, um, but also seeing the restorative power of reconciliation uh, and how that's really changed, changes their lives um, with, with Jesus uh, being that ultimate reconciler. And then um, I, I've also... So learning the sort of really practical skills to help uh, with that um, so as well as mediation, I've also been on a pilgrimage over the last five months, which has been really fascinating, uh, visiting, uh, various peace centers across the UK, um, with a group of 20 others, um, all, uh, faith, um, leaders, uh, reconciling leaders, um, and, uh, but from a massive range of backgrounds, um, and these centers having different perspectives as well. And so seeing how that sort of, developing reconciliation in their communities. Um, And just to sort of give an example, we've got someone um, who's from Sri Lanka um, through the Sri Lankan bombings that have been happening. We've had people in Birmingham when there's been riots there. We've got people in Northern Ireland who are are going through a lot. um, And and the whole Brexit thing as well has all been uh, amazing and fascinating to see us as a group tackle some of those kind of uh, difficult issues together.
0: Let's try and get then under the skin of, of reconciliation. Can you tell us a little bit about why it's become such an important topic for like both of you, indeed the Archbishop of Canterbury, but what actually is it and what does it have to do with following the way of Jesus very specifically?
1: Um, great question. And I think even the term reconciliation is an interesting word because we might come Uh, to the topic of reconciliation, having an idea of what that means. It can mean everything resolved or it can mean the lack of difference or for some people it might mean putting a quick plaster over some deep hurt or wound. Um, And so the idea of reconciliation being about a process and a journey rather than an event and I think that's really significant. And when we look at the world that we're in, it doesn't take long to see that it, it's fractured and that we live in a conflicted world and so the I guess the message or that biblical value of reconciliation being something that goes to us not being fearful of the other or fearful of difference or concerned about disagreement but how we can learn to deal with difference better how we can um, appreciate the diversity of difference and that I think you know we have a choice often in life, and we have a choice living in London and the kind of people that we might be surrounded by. Whether we're people that kind of cluster closer with those that are like us and huddle tighter, um, which really only drives fracture potentially deeper. And I like the opportunity even in living in London to kind of get out or a city to explore, to hear different kind of stories, to find unusual uh, voices, and to think about listening to them differently in the context of a conflicted society, when we think about polarising politics or when we think about a lot of the issues that we're facing. Um, there's this incredible invitation from God for us to be part of that in a different way.
2: Well said. Thanks, uh, thanks. Uh, I think the only thing I would sort of distill it down, but I think you've covered pretty much anything, is that for me, um, reconciliation at its heart is the gospel it's living that gospel out with people and its foundation is on love and it's about learning to love well um and as you said that might be with with people with different views like learning how to love them and how to build and restore right relationships um yeah and and yeah with with god ourselves others and the earth
0: so what what are the sort of theological ideas at the heart of this then is it is it essentially a fancy word for forgiveness mm. is it a fancy word for love like are they all part of the same thing how does it all work together
2: um i i yes on the one hand it i i feel like it has components of forgiveness has a components of love um as i said I think love is is at its core um but I think what's been really interesting um is listening to the other patterns um that we, that we've been we've been looking at um, and that this podcast is all about, um, incorporates quite a lot of those, uh, those other um, patterns, like loving people so much that you're curious about those people who are different uh, from you, um, being generous with people, being hospitable, um, actually loving people so much that you slow down to take time to understand them. Like I think so many of the other um, patterns and, and disciplines that we've been talking about um, really do feed into this, this idea of reconciliation because it's about understanding those other people around you um, who perhaps you don't normally come into contact with all the time, but they might actually live next door in London.
1: We've been um, working on a course for Archbishop Justin for um, the kind of everyday young adult churchgoer to think about the idea of what it means uh, to be a peacemaker or reconciler, potentially using different kind of language. And the approach that we've sort of distilled down after about a year's real working on it is that um, we could think about three things, almost three habits to build when we're thinking about reconciliation. And, And Phil's just mentioned one of them. So one of them is about being curious and I think if we root that in scripture that comes from this deep belief that we are all made in the image of God and if we really believe all are made in the image of God there's something of high dignity in everyone there's something of high worth in everyone there's something of value which means actually maybe I need to understand them better I need to get curious about them I need to listen to them and when it's sometimes so easy to put up walls because we've been affronted or we've potentially been offended or actually we're offended by someone else's political view or theological view what, what's going on before we put the wall up, to not deface someone, but to really try and understand them. So one about being curious. Um, secondly, a habit of being present. It's so almost this idea of holy encounters. And if we think about Matthew 25, where it talks about um, what, when Jesus says, whatever you did to the least of these, you did to me. And it's this idea that how we engage with others, how we treat others is inseparable from our relationship with Christ. Like, so it's demonstrating what our relationship with Christ is like in how we encounter others. So a habit of being present, and sometimes that involves hospitality. Sometimes that involves an appropriate level. I say appropriate level of vulnerability. Like You need to judge that sensibly. But thinking about how do we have those kind of encounters that enable us to be really present. And then thirdly is a habit of reimagining. So being curious, being present and reimagining and going like, OK, God is making all things new. Like There is possibility here. That with God, we live in a place of deep forgiveness. We are forgiven forgivers or reconciled reconcilers. And so that there is possibility for difference um, with Jesus. And the theologian Walter Brueggemann talks about having a prophetic imagination, which is this idea that um, we don't start with pragmatism. We don't start with our practicalities, but we start with imagining something that is different to the prevailing culture in front of us. And so when we're getting stuck in division or when we're getting stuck with a personal relationship or a big structural unjust system or structure that we feel is causing division, how could we start to reimagine something different? And so thinking like really, I guess, practically a bit like what Phil's saying is, how could we be curious? How could we be present? How could we reimagine?
0: Well, let's do some of that prophetic <laughs> imagination now. Like, what Cast a vision for us of what could change in society, in our nation, in our own neighbourhoods if we as the church got a hold of this practice of reconciliation?
2: I think for me, if, if we get this, get this right, if we learn how to deal with that difference, um, we would really be modelling Christ to those around us. Um, we'd be bringing life to our friends, our colleagues, our neighbours, our communities, maybe even our nation. Um, <clears throat> and I don't think it's not about that kind of hippie vision of peace and love. Um, this is about having a dialogue with those who are different um but based like from a basis of love and celebrating that difference um and and not being not being afraid of it loving it um and and like god made us all to be different um so actually in some ways conflict is almost inevitable we just need to learn how to deal how to deal well with that difference and that conflict
1: I think that from the, a really inspiring example is looking at Jesus and the life of Christ. And I think about all the um, divides he crossed. So I'm thinking about things like class divides, Jesus, this refugee who speaks to the rich, moral divides, a rabbi who ate with sinners, religious divides, a Jewish man who praised a good Samaritan, age divides, Jesus as grown up, proper adult, who said, let the children come. Um, gender divides, the fact that Jesus first chose to appear to a woman as the resurrected Christ. Poverty divides, like Jesus, is fully able man who associated himself, as we just mentioned in Matthew 25, with those that were sick or hungry or poor. And even thinking about power divides, so Jesus, the accused, said, Father, forgive them. And so we look at this picture of Christ and we think, what could the world look like? And I think for us as people that follow Jesus, we've got this, not just this model, but this, this you know, God-man that shows us actually what the church could look like. And if the church looked something like that, what a powerful beacon of peace, of hope, of restoration that is in, in our communities. And that means that that's got to look messy sometimes. That's got to probably be complicated sometimes. It's definitely going to be difficult and costly and painful and fun and, you know, all sorts of things. But I think it, it definitely brings together a bit of a melting pot. And that, um, more than celebration, that really God-given sense of a body of Christ that comes together that crosses all sorts of divides. And if we are a family or a people, a body of Christ, that is even looking a little bit like that, I think that that speaks to joy and it speaks to hope into a, a fractured and hurting world.
0: I've not prepared you for this one, so we're just, I'm just going to go through it. Just speaking of a fractured and hurting world... This is Brexit season. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the time in my lifetime that things have felt most fractured um, and most divided and acrimonious and all of those things where perhaps there's been the least amount of listening to the other side um, and things are polarised. It's an amazing time to be talking about reconciliation. Have you got anything unprepared that uh, you would say to us as a church? trying to engage with this issue we want to be a church that's involved in the renewable of all things involved in culture and shaping it anything that we can be doing right now in terms of the practice of reconciliation around this issue
2: um yeah i think i I think as you say it's it's a critical time um and i think as a church it's all too easy for us to hear the voices that that agree with us and and hear everything that we want to hear um and so but i think it's really important to seek out the, the people who have different different voices, and i think it's it's a real challenge in london um but um but I think it's really important um actually one very practical example uh, which is quite inspirational uh m- My wife decided that she was going to try and hear some other voices, so every day she's going on to um uh newspapers um like that just she wouldn't normally read um so Fox News or whatever, and actually try and listen to that stuff. And that's not about Brexit, but it's it's trying to hear the voice and trying to understand the perspective of others.
1: Um, Like echo chambers are really comfortable, right? So like when we're hearing people that are reaffirming our perspective, it's a really comfortable and sometimes emboldening place to be and so the the challenge is just as phil says to try and listen to the other and those are those are simple but really interesting ideas following people on social media that you wouldn't normally follow and i think i would uh, the thing i would suggest is just like almost if you imagine an iceberg right that top 10% is probably what what you voted but what happens underneath that, so understanding why, understanding where people have coming from, we're learning about fracture in our society that is really meaningful and there's difference here and there's difference that needs to be listened to and heard to. And so what can we do to hear um, people that would have a different view to us and how how can we like even work out how to empathise with that, to really understand it. Um, and that that, I think, would give us insight that's beyond... Brexit re- beyond remain and leave but is a bit more of a connection around our kind of common humanity perhaps and hearing something there and even for as a role of the church I think is for us to think about okay so who in our communities might be marginalized from a, a political decision like when something comes to pass and actually what could we be doing to serve those that might need the most amount of support depending on certain outcomes and so as a church again just thinking about actually how can we think about the needs of our community and how could we respond to them.
0: Thanks, guys. On the B word. I really appreciate it. Um, let's take this a little bit more personal for, on a few fronts. Firstly, uh, someone is listening to this wondering if they can be um, I don't know, truly reconciled to God given the things that they've done in their life. What would you say to them?
1: Um, so I would say, I'm hoping so because I'm pretty sure I need some of that, whatever that is as well. Um, and the idea of God's forgiveness or God's mercy is on a whole different playing field to what we might understand it as. And so one, I would say like, don't think of yourself as alone, because I'm sure there is a lot of us that are in that same bucket and box and place that would be wrestling with that. Um, I also think when we're talking about, you know, potentially big, exciting things like reconciliation and transformation of the world and, it's really easy to feel inadequate. So it's really easy for me to feel like Flip. I do not feel like a superhero at all, which is probably the right thing to feel because if we're all honest, we probably um, all need those moments of real deep forgiveness from God and a real acknowledgement of what we lack and what we need. And um, so in 2 Corinthians 5, where it talks about this big ministry of reconciliation and being an ambassador of Christ, the chapter before it is the chapter all about us being jars of clay and I'm always really comforted about that because it says actually we're really quite ordinary with this ordinary jar of clay but we have Jesus's treasure within us and that's what enables us to go on and and do the things that that we should do and so I'd also say that coming broken coming fractured coming with our own division it is is important part of this journey and, and that is part of our stories, and that shows us the redemptive power of God. And it, it's what we act out of. It's that raw material of reconciliation that, that we can kind of learn from and live out of. And it's, it's in our humanity, not our, you know, perfect perfection, that people will know if we are seeking something of God's picture, we're always pointing back to Christ, not to our strength, but to like this, you know, all surpassing power from from God. And I also think the fact that we come fragile is also how Jesus came. So Jesus came fragile. And it's in his humanity that I personally am totally compelled by his deity. So it's the fact that he walked this land as a, as a man, fragile, wounded, hurt, broken, Um, that, that I am compelled to understand him as the Lord that I follow and so it's in all of our humanity I think that we come and we're all a bit fragile and we all need a lot of love and we all need a lot of forgiveness and to not let anything rob you or discount you from thinking that you've got a part to play in God's story because we all need that really.
0: And, and secondly then, if that was about us and our reconciliation to God through life, death and resurrection of Jesus, what what about those listening to this thinking like, okay, well, I'm not massively at war with anyone. There's no great divide in my life that I can think of. So this doesn't seem particularly relevant to me. What What would you say to those of us where nothing dramatic has happened or is going on? What's the significance of reconciliation in sort of a daily life like that?
2: I think what I would say to them or or think about is that everyone experiences some level of conflict um we might not be talking about wars we might not be talking about big bust-ups but you know I'd, most people i come across has had, had to have a difficult conversation with a colleague or a family member um or a friend um so i i i'd encourage them to to, to think about it um from a from a very practical um perspective in in terms of the next time they're having a, a, a sort of a difficult heated conversation with someone um, to really like understand what the other person might be trying to say and um, what their view might be um, i think also we might not recognize that we're in conflict i think there's you know a lot of times that we you know you're you're going about your daily life and actually um you, you might be causing conflict um, with, with other people or, or causing uh, difficulties. Um, but then on a community scale, I would say there's, there's an indifference that we have to, to those that we just don't know. We don't, um, we're not curious about other people. We don't seek them out. Um, and in some ways that's quite a, a violent reaction, ignoring people um, or, or sort of um, being oblivious to them. Uh, and then I think there is the corporate thing. When I mean, we talked about Brexit, but you know there's the bigger issues there's brexit there's climate change um there's the, the the fashion brands that we buy that are made um not and, and and totally not to guilt people but just to be real that we have a complicity in all of that stuff
1: yeah i'd say get excited and start reimagining like you know there's this world that we know is um conflicted and god is inviting us to reimagine it and so what does that look like for you what does that look like for you personally to start getting involved in that mission of god and pray about it get excited for it you're right feel like we've all really got stuff and we can all live out some of these great practices and habits so let's do that and let's think about it and dream about it a bit beyond our own selves as well
0: and then there's the opposite, right? Someone who's sat there listening to this thinking, actually, I know full well there's this huge divide in my life or somewhere that I need reconciliation and forgiveness. Um, what would you say to someone listening to this thinking, gosh, there's this, there is this big thing. Um, what do I do? Where do I go from here?
2: Um, I have probably three top tips, I would tell them. Okay, three. Um, <laughs> three. Yeah, done three, done the biblical three. Only three. Um, <clears throat> so first of all... Um, like, know thyself. So, like, look, look, look at yourself and, and understand yourself. Understand where you're getting worked up, where you're getting uh, angry, all of that kind of stuff. Work out what your trigger points are. Um, not so that you can necessarily remove them, but just so that you're aware of them, you have that self-awareness. So that you can then also... React differently because you're aware of them, so you can step away maybe it's maybe it is a case of stepping away from a heated conversation and coming back to it later once you've had some time to think to think it through um or just yeah, I guess trying to um yeah be careful in those in those situations, and so yeah firstly, know thyself um secondly, listen well, so like learn to listen, I think it's something that. Um, we as a culture, as a society, have actually forgotten how how to do that really well. Um, is to sit there and actually try and understand what someone is saying to you and where they might be coming from, what they might be feeling, what they might need, um, and what yeah why why they're trying to express what it is they're trying to express. Um, so yeah, know thyself, listen well, and then speak well. So. Um, take the time to think how you're going to convey what it is you need to convey because you will also have needs and you need to get something across but convey it in a way that it can be heard by the other person so try to understand how they might hear what it is that you've got to say so i think yeah like know yourself take the time to listen maybe even repeat back when when someone says something to you um to make sure you understand it so there's not a loss of communication and then, and then speak well and speak carefully and speak wisely.
1: I think walls can be a kind of helpful image here. So like there's this wall that's a dividing wall and thinking about how could we dismantle walls and that might mean walking towards it and so that might be taking some really early steps to go to you not, know, I'm going to walk towards it to work out how I can dismantle some of it. I think it's important in some of these big questions to also know sometimes walls are healthy and walls keep you safe. And they're a really important boundary. And so there's some divisions or some ruptured relationships that actually are not the safest thing for us to walk towards. So I don't think it's always meaning we always need to walk towards things because boundaries can be important. And actually, we could be hurt by certain things that is, is right right now for us to actually give it a bit of space. And that doesn't mean like, oh, this whole thing of reconciliation is off the table for me, it means that sometimes we need to look after ourselves as well and just be a little bit sensible about what we walk towards. Um, but if in that we feel like actually, I, you know, this isn't putting myself in any risk of safety um, or inappropriateness, that we can think about, OK, how could, how could I walk towards that wall And one of the things that I've found really helpful, which is when I found that really hard or when I found the idea of forgiveness really hard or a disagreement really hard, is to say a really simple prayer that's saying, Lord, help me be willing to be willing, because right now I'm not willing. I'm not willing to go there. I'm not willing for that conversation. I'm not willing for that person. I'm not even willing to forgive them or see them differently. So my earlier prayer is God, help me be willing to be willing. It's just a simple way to think through, actually, how do we start to take some steps forward if that's the right thing to do?
0: And that does bring us almost maybe to the last thing here, which is, is all of this just our decisions, our willpower, our, our just, okay, just get over it, just decide to do this. What's the, We're trying to follow the way of Jesus here, the reconciling and radical way of Jesus. Um, what's the role of sort of our, I suppose, decisions and willpower and determination and the role of the Spirit, Holy Spirit, in enabling us to be reconcilers? I would say, uh, just as a
2: bit of a different example like I've seen um doing a a community mediation where it's not there's there's nothing uh spiritual um it's not a it's not a church mediation it's it's a it's a community it's a secular mediation um but even in that context when you've got this massive kind of conflict happening there will be a moment when things will flip when things will change um and I think that's the spirit breaking in um, because, because it's dealing with this thing of reconciliation, like the spirit just just breaks in. And, and I sit there as a mediator and most of the time I'm completely out of my depth. I don't know what's gonna happen next. Um, in fact, I try and not think about what's gonna happen next and just try and guide a process. Um, it's a little bit like refereeing a, a football <laughs> match or, or probably more of a rugby match. Um, you don't quite know what's gonna happen um but then you just you just see that glimpse that that moment, and then you go, Ah, oh, that is where we need to go that's where we have to follow the spirit um and so that's kind of where i would um I would say that it's kind of goes hand in hand with reconciliation, um even in a non religious
0: context
1: that's lovely um, so if- I'm like, I don't know how to do this without the Holy Spirit. Like, there are, like, there is tools and there's skills, like mediation, arbitration, negotiation, deep listening. Like, they're they're really helpful skills. Um, But when I think about what I'm living for or longing for, um, that is all infused by the Holy Spirit in that that is a place of possibility and that it feels like the place of transformation. And that this invitation is is just an invite to get caught up in what God might be doing in this world and what the Holy Spirit is doing in this world. And so it's how can we get caught up in this? How can we play a part in this? How can we um, ask that we even see the opportunities for even for when some of those skills are actually really needed and when they would be really meaningful?
0: Thank you for listening to the Pattern Podcast. If you'd like to explore more spirit patterns of living, head over to pattern.org.